You can now take KRBN Internet News Talk Radio with you on your mobile phone as we are making it easier to listen to the great hosts here on KRBN, including our very own West Lane County Commissioner, Jay Bozovich. It's free and available on Google Play. Just look for player.fm. That's player.fm and search for KRBN. Live from Lane County, Oregon, it's the Bo's Nose Show with your host, West Lane County Commissioner, Jay Bozovich. And now, here's Jay. Good afternoon, and welcome to another edition of the Bo's Nose Show. And I'm your host, West Lane County Commissioner Jay Bozovich, and we're coming to you live from beautiful downtown Elmira, where we're having our typical Oregon fog here in the Willamette Valley, and we've got air stagnation alert out from the National Weather Service, so um, no, no, no open burning here or anything, you know, try, try and keep the air quality up. But, uh, yeah, I got that, that kind of cold, foggy weather. It makes a great day to go to the coast, though. So those of you that, you know, might be tired of the fog here in the Willamette Valley, take a trip over to Florence. You know, you'd be surprised. When it's foggy here, a lot of times it is beautiful on the coast because with that still wind, but they have enough ventilation that the fog breaks up, it's just a nice place to go. You can go down there, coffee roasters there practically under the bridge and sit on their back deck, you know, because it, it's probably when it's only, you know, 42 here, it'll be 55 down there in Florence and, and sunshine. Um, sit out there with a light jacket on and have a cup of coffee. Uh, walk on down the street, resto bar or some other place and just have a good old time there in Florence um, on a nice day like this, maybe drive up the coast you know, get up there to uh, Hesita Head and maybe Cape Perpetua, Strawberry Hill, some great things to do there on the Lane County uh, portion of the Oregon coast. So we got a lot to talk about today on the Bo's Nose Show. Had a long board meeting yesterday, you know, one of those ones that went from nine straight through to five o'clock, basically. Um, and in the middle of all that, we had a uh, um, celebration luncheon to honor our volunteers that man the information desk there at the county, which is always kind of fun because it's a group of uh, retirees that volunteer to do that. And, and, and they're kind of funny because they jokingly say what, what they like about their doing that job is they get to pay, tell people where to go. But one of the first things we're probably going to talk about here a little bit is something known as MAT. And that's medically assisted treatment, which is um, a way of helping people get off of opiates um, in particular. Uh, it, and it's only really available for opiates. There is no medically assisted treatment for uh, methamphetamine uh, addiction right now. But for opiates, there's, you know, has always been methadone for a long time, but there are actually a couple more drugs now available. I think buprenorphine if I'm pronouncing that correctly, is one of the drugs. And there's a couple others that they use um, that are either substitutes for um, opiates and they kill the craving that way, or they're actually blockers that kill the craving, um, uh, which is what bup is. And they 
um, they administer these to folks um, to keep them, to help them stay sober because, you know, the addiction to opiates is so strong. It's so hard to resist uh, not, you know, regressing back. So once they get somebody through um, detox, putting them on medically assisted treatment has been shown to be really effective in getting people off of opiates. In fact, uh, if you remember, we've talked about the Seattle is dying video that that uh, KOMO did up there in Seattle about the homeless situation. At the end of the video, they go to Rhode Island. I don't know why they had to go all the way to Rhode Island, because we use MAT here in Lane County um, to talk about their MAT program uh, in Rhode Island that they use um, for people in, in their uh, prison system. And uh, it's been a really effective way of dealing with opiates. In fact, our current um, client population in our exist, existing uh, clinic for MAT has an 83% rate of discontinuing all opiate use. You know, which is pretty pretty amazing when you think about some of the standard you know residential treat thirty day treatments have a pretty high failure rate over fifty percent so it's it's that much more effective in fact, for every dollar we invest in this program, we've calculated and this is not us I should say a national study has done has done this you save about twelve dollars in public safety costs because most people steal or have other issues when they're addicted to opiates. So it makes a lot of sense uh, if you're a budget hawk and a conservative to spend money on this MAT rather than spend 12 times that amount of money in the public safety system. So uh, it got to be a little controversial here yesterday because one of the things as you're we need to expand our clinic and our current clinic um, is, is limited to who we can serve and we actually have a waiting list to get in there and start getting on the MAT program, which isn't real good because if you go through detox and you're ready to go into MAT, um, having a delay just is an opportunity to get back on that that drug. Uh, and, you know, right now um, our existing uh, methadone clinic only handles about 210 people. Um, what we're hoping to do is move into a new building on West 11th, uh, in the 400 block of West 11th there. Um, and that would enable us to serve around 300 people. And uh, at the same time, we only have the ability to serve about 150 patients in, uh, with the buprenorphine portion of the clinic. We'd be able to expand that to more than 500. So we go from basically treating about 360 people to being able to treat about 800 with this larger clinic. Um, so you can imagine, you know, if you're saving, you know, one to 12 for, per person on that, um, that's quite an additional amount of public safety system savings. And as we talk about dealing with these lawlessness issues that we've been dealing with um, in in Eugene um, with the, the Eugene Wake Up folks, 
a lot of that lawlessness is driven by addiction. You know, people, you know, do metal theft because they're paying for addictions. Um, it won't cure it all because there's a lot of that that goes along with methamphetamine. In fact, methamphetamine's worse. Uh, folks that are opiate addic addicted tend not to be violent um, as much as the, the meth folks tend to get into more violence and person crimes. Uh, the opiate folks tend to be more property crime folks. But what got controversial is there's a state statute that says these clinics uh, for that that um, distribute uh, methadone and buprenorphine, um, they have to be a thousand feet from any licensed child care facility. Well, the new building we have or are looking at, if you go from the closest corner to the closest corner of the closest child licensed child care facility is 812 feet. So it's, you know, about, you know, within, you know, 80 plus percent of that standard, which doesn't quite make the standard. Problem is, is no one can walk that 812 feet. In order to do that, you'd have to walk through buildings and fences and everything else because it's as the crow flies. The child care facility is actually not even on the same street. It's down down the street a block and a half, basically, and then you have to turn the corner and go another block and then go across the street um, and you get to the child care facility. Walking-wise, it's more than a 1,000 feet. You actually had to walk down the sidewalk. So we figured that that, you know, 180-some uh, feet, uh, 88 feet was not enough of a difference to, to say we shouldn't open that. And the state statute actually provides for the ability of the local jurisdiction, a county uh, board of health and the county uh, uh, board of commissioners to waive that thousand feet uh, in order to serve the, the community. Because it's really difficult. Uh, medical clinics in this area are generally only allowed in commercial zonings. So you have to be in a commercial office style zone. Uh, that means we can't be out in the West Eugene industrial parks. Uh, they're not, you know, they're not allowed in an industrial park because they want industry in industrial parks. And um, it, in addition to that, you know, so there's only so much commercial zoning available. In addition, we needed to find a building that had, you know, the right amount of space, um, you know, had, had the, correct handicap accessibility, had good parking, um, close enough to bus routes and all that stuff, you know, so that the patients could access it. Um, so it's, it's not an easy thing. Plus, if you put a map together and draw a thousand foot circle around every licensed child care facility, you pretty much cover all of Eugene Springfield um, and central Wayne County. Uh, it, it's really difficult to find a piece of of commercial zone land that allows for medical clinics um, that is not within a thousand feet of a licensed child care facility because when you think about it child care facilities like to be close to employment centers because the folks that need the child care are generally employed and commercial zonings 
usually an employment center. So it gets to be a real issue um, to try and maintain that separation. Um, what I can, so, you know, but one of the reasons they try and make that separation is there's some concern about, you know, having some interaction between, you know, quote unquote, drug addicts and kids. Um, even though there's, you know, the city of Eugene seems to be allowing folks to camp on sidewalks, uh, right, almost right in front of this particular child care facility on, on 13th Avenue. Um, but what I can say is in all the years we've been operating a methadone clinic, which has been for a long time and it's always been downtown Eugene, it's moved around a little bit. Currently right now it's at, at 7th and Charnelton in our um, public health building. We have never had a law enforcement response to the methadone clinic. So history says there's not an issue there. And folks that think it's going to maybe get more um, homeless camping around it to be close to the clinic, less than 3% of the clients of the clinic are unhoused by our current statistics. I checked on that yesterday and asked that question. So it, you know, 97% plus of the people have a, have a home. So they're not going to be camping out in front of this clinic. Um, and it's not there specifically to serve the homeless. In fact, the clinic opens at 6.30 in the morning because a good portion of the clientele are employed and they need to get to work. They need to come by and get their, their um, support medicine and all that and, and get on to work. Um, also, uh, once you're involved in this clinic, they do regular uh, urinalysis um, to make sure you're not you know, back on opiates and and dual using, so to speak, because there you can continue. You can use both methadone and an opiate without conflict. Um, it's not you know not suggested, but it's something that can be done. Now the other drugs actually, um, you know, people don't dual use because of the way they conflict with each other. Um, so you. you you actually can't get, if you're on some of those other drugs, you actually can't get high from an opiate. Uh, that's kind of how they work. Um, so there are a few people that quite didn't quite understand all this and are, were a little upset because it just sounds bad, you know, that we're going to be within a thousand feet of this childcare facility. But I want to remind folks, if you were to pull up a map of uh, Eugene, and I and and on Google Maps, and if you want to, you can put in um, 432 uh, West 11th, which is where the new clinic is going to be, and you can put in 1269 um, uh, Charlton, I believe it is. Let me just double check. Sorry, sorry, 1269 Lincoln Street, which is where the child care facility is, and do directions between the two, and you can see it's a four-minute walk. And you can see how you have to walk there. Um, one of the things you don't see so much is in the suggested route, you walk right past and around the Eugene Municipal Court. So this clinic's actually been there and the Eugene Municipal Court's been where it is for years. And it's actually much, much closer. In fact, walking distance, it's probably maybe 500 feet door to door. Now, 
folks coming to our clinic have been through detox and are actively trying to stay off the drug. And in fact, and we show that we have this 83% success rate. Now, the folks coming to the Eugene Municipal Court are folks that have been charged with misdemeanor crimes in the city of Eugene. Now, what are some of those misdemeanor crimes? Well, since the legislature decriminalized a lot of drug possession, almost all drug possession now falls in misdemeanor, quote, personal use quantities. So you can have enough heroin on you for 70 doses and still be charged with misdemeanor possession. And you can also have a whole lot of meth and things like that. Those folks charged with misdemeanor possession come to the Eugene Municipal Court for their trials. Now, do we know whether they've got successfully gone through um, some kind of detox and are actively trying to deal with their addiction when they show up there? No. And when you talk about the homeless population, misdemeanor trespass, which is something that happens when you illegally camp on, on private property, is also brought to Eugene Municipal Court. So a significant amount of people showing up at Eugene Muni Court are also homeless. In fact, that's one of the complaints from the homeless advocates is how many people get cited with misdemeanors and how those, those fines and everything build up for people that can't afford to pay them. But what I'm pointing out is this daycare facility and preschool has existed within 500 feet of the municipal court for years. And having to walk past the municipal court from the daycare facility to get to our medically assisted treatment facility and, and considering that to be a problem seems a little bit of a stretch for me because one, the, the, the history of these facilities is they haven't been a law enforcement problem and the clientele hasn't been an issue. And two, there's such a great success rate with them. And three, some of those folks coming there, you know, are are working in, in professionals, you know, that may have picked up their addiction due to a back injury or something like that. Um, so, you know, I, I have I have trouble, you know, being terribly concerned about us creating a problem for this clinic when it uh, for this childcare facility with the clinic when actually. It's been existing and successful that close to the Eugene Municipal Court, which has a, a much different population of people coming to them. Folks that, you know, have been charged with crimes, haven't been tried yet, have no guarantee that they've, they're not still in full-blown addiction. You know, um, it's just, uh, you know, a much different population coming to the Eugene Muni Court than it is what's going to be coming to our clinic. Um, and I think it, it's an overblown concern to be concerned about this issue of uh, medically assisted treatment, which is such a, a cost saver, such a lifesaver, such a way of dealing with addiction, hopefully before people end up homeless. So we're stopped, you know, maybe we're turning off that homelessness pipe a little bit, which is a whole other issue for the area and uh, expanding that capacity 
in the way of we're talking about more than doubling it, I think would be good for this community. It'd be a cost savings for a lot of public budgets and um, something I supported yesterday. In fact, it was a 5-0 vote for the board um, to support uh, making that waiver down to 812 feet from 1,000. So, but if you think differently, why don't you give us a call here at the Bo's Nose Show? You can reach us at 646-721-9887. Just press one and uh, that lets us know you want to get in on the show. So that's to get on the show is 646-721-9887. Just press one. That lets Robin, my call screener and producer extraordinaire, know you want to get in on the show. And we can talk about anything you want to talk about, too. If there's something else you want to talk about other than medically assisted treatment you know, or some other issue with addiction or homelessness or lawlessness or Eugene Muni Court, feel free to chime in here. Um, we're going to get to some other issues here in a minute on the Bose Nose Show that I want to talk about, but I would much rather talk about what you want to talk about. So give us a call, 646 721 9887, just press one. So the other thing we talked about yesterday at the board meeting for quite a while was something that was brought forward by um, East Lane Commissioner Heather Buck, um, and that is to look at the possibility of establishing a policy for Lane County to have our employees paid at a minimum of $15 an hour. And that's just the numeric dollar portion of their wages. That's not counting our benefits. And, um, you know, I, I don't know what's magical about $15, but apparently, you know, that's, you know, that, that's been the craze for a while. And the push is this $15 minimum wage. And, uh, you know, it doesn't take, into account whether or not there's full benefits with that or not, whether, you know, and other issues, you know, vacation, um, you know, family coverage in healthcare with a, a mere $20 a month copay. In fact, you can get rid of that $20 a month copay if you just go through uh, our Know Your Numbers wellness uh, stuff so we can help you stay, you know, stay healthy. Um, which is one of the reasons why Lane County was once again uh, awarded a top 100 place as one of the healthiest places to work. Uh, but, you know, $15 an hour is just some magical number that's come up. And I, I kind of always ask people when they promote this, it's like, why not $50 an hour? Why not $100 an hour? You know, what's so magical about 15? Why is that arbitrary number the, the number that we have to get to with minimum wage? And what's interesting, though, is there's we only have nine current full-time regular employees that are earning less than $15 an hour. And, of course, all of them in their, are in their first year of employment with Lane County. And um, all of them, all but one of them, will be over $15 an hour in the next year. And that's because almost all of our uh, all of them are union employees, and almost all of our bargaining contracts have a 2% COLA for the, built into them. 
And all, all of our collective bargaining agreements also include something called step increases, which are basically um, longevity increases. As long as you get a satisfactory uh, performance evaluation, you get an automatic bump in your, your pay for every year you're there up, you know, up to usually that depending on the union, some are seven steps, some are nine steps, you know, it, it depends on the contract. But the smallest gap between steps in our unions is 3.75%. So um, you basically get a 2% COLA and a 3.75% step increase, and you're into $15 an hour usually after a year for eight of those nine employees. One of them, it's going to take two years to get to $15 an hour. But they'll be dang close after the first year. But, of course, all of them are going to be getting, you know, time management pay, they're going to be getting paid uh, holidays, they're going to be um, have uh, family leave available to them, they've got uh, PERS, you know, they're earning towards their PERS, uh, and they get, um, and if they're new employees, they're on OPSERP, they've still got a retirement benefit, they've got health care with us, um, you know, all sorts of benefits of being a Lane County employee. Um, so they're not just earning, you know, they're, they're $14 and something cents an hour. Um, but, you know, still what happens though is all of those positions are some of the, are, you know, lowest paid job categories from custodial to office assistant one to the, um, Fee collectors at our uh, transfer stations uh, for our uh, uh, solid waste management system, uh, you know, they're, they're not our highest skilled um, uh, positions. And uh, if we bump them up artificially to $15 an hour, what it's going to do is create this whole issue of what happens to say with the office assistant one we make them start at 15 office assistant two then need to have separation and then of course the management analyst or somebody that's above office assistants you know all that starts having this domino effect in the pace scale system and also any change to wages is a mandatory subject to bargaining uh, under Oregon collective bargaining law. 